0: A tale of two teams, both going in opposite directions. Today, we will discuss DePaul men's and women's basketball and see how they did this past week. I'm Jake Cantu, joined alongside Nick Cans Cans, can you describe to me how you felt about that men's basketball game that you saw on Wednesday?
1: Was there a lot of pride in you? Well, that would not be the word I would use. Um, no pride at all. It was more of... Disbelief and shock. Uh, I mean, I can't believe they gave up so many threes and just how poorly they played overall. I mean, at this point, it's nothing new, though. You know, all biggies play. This has been the story for DePaul. Disappointment.
0: Yeah, like going into the game, I had broken down in the game notes before that Villanova had shot in the previous game on Sunday 17 three pointers. And that tied that, that tied for uh, season high. Then they shot seventeen again with like fifteen minutes left of the of the uh, um, second half, and I was like, "Oh my god, this is this is a bloodbath," you know. And I'm gonna break down. It, it came down to this play, you know. The beginning of the game, both teams were going at it. DePaul makes a two pointer. Villanova comes back, and makes a two pointer. DePaul right. hits the three. Villanova comes back with a... With the jab and hits a three. And then there was one possession that I said out loud. It was when DePaul got a backcourt violation and ruined momentum. After that, they went down eight points, and Villanova didn't look back.
1: Wow. It's uh, sloppy mistakes, you know. it's it, We're all broken records. Anyone yeah. who's talking about DePaul basketball this year, they sound like a broken record because it's the same things. It's bad coaching. It's sloppy mistakes. You know, players aren't showing up. I mean, it's it's crazy, uh, and it just gives me a headache. It just gives me a headache. Uh, it's it's just too bad, you know. And change has to happen at the end yeah. of the
0: year. No, for sure. Yeah, you you mentioned players didn't show up. Tron Moore only scored eight points. That alone is your your top score for your team. You know, last time they went against Villanova he scored 29 points. Um so Villanova yeah. did a well, I'd say this, Villanova played great defense on him, but his shots weren't just landing all night.
1: Yeah, you know, and if Charlie Moore's having an off night, you know, DePaul is going to have one too. two to 10 from the field. He he pretty much, you know, he makes the offense go and uh he just did not have it to uh, or against Villanova,
0: you know, it, it was a career night though. Jalen Coleman Lands got honored for his achievement here at DePaul of scoring a thousand points, career thousand points here at DePaul. So that was cool, and he had a pretty big game, um, with four rebounds, three assists, and led DePaul lead uh, led the DePaul uh, in scoring. So it was just a, it was just a tough game all around for this team, but also credit to Villanova because they were hitting all their shots. Um, and they attacked the core DePaul, their weakness of of giving up those threes, and we've seen constantly throughout DePaul struggling with that. Well, against Marquette, it was easier because Marquette was missing those threes, so DePaul led throughout uh, most of that game. But, um, yeah, it it was just defense. DePaul got down early, and you could really tell they lost confidence after the first half.
1: And isn't it just, I mean— it, I think it's just perfect. Two teams that are just on the complete opposite spectrum of Big East basketball. Now, Villanova, you know, they're not number one in the conference right now, but two national championships. Yeah. They've won the regular season, I think, every year, or except one um, of the Big East once it was realigned. But, you know, Jay Wright, the coach, you just see how much – Different. He runs his team from how Leto runs his. Uh, when you look across the whole season, it's just two programs heading in the opposite directions, and I really, really hope that the higher ups at DePaul saw this and realized how f- I personally think just how far away DePaul is from yeah. being at Villanova's level.
0: Yeah, and it, it's it's so sad because at the beginning of the season. I I guess my biggest thing was like, you know, if DePaul was terrible all season, this would be no surprise. But yeah, just right. and, and I feel like again, I feel like a broken record saying this because I've said this in previous podcasts, but you know, they start off so well and to play Villanova to overtime their first game yeah. just so shows how much of a setback they've had within the season in a couple games. And it's pretty and I and I hate to use this, but it, it's pretty embarrassing <laughs> as a fan. And there was a moment too where Jalen Coleman lands, went up, got a steal, going up for the dunk. I don't know if you saw this, going up for the dunk. He missed the dunk.
1: I, I, yes, yep. I remember that.
0: And then I turned around, to calm the game. Everyone in the student section had uh, a little disappointment in their faces. Some were laughing a little bit, were chuckling, um, but it was just sad. It was really sad to see because this is what we we've come to now, off of a great start to a season. And then Villanova comes back to the other side of the court and just in DePaul's face dunks it. <laughs> so so, you know, it's it, it's just it's just tough
1: to see the the decline that happened so rapidly. Oh yeah. It it it's like, you know, twelve and one in non conference and Seton Hall could have won that game. That was a win. Providence, you lose by one at home. I mean, things could have been so different, but you you drop your first four conference games, and then you somehow magically beat Butler pretty handedly, too, by uh, 23 points, and they have not won a game in over a month. Yeah, it's, it's over it's a month, sad. exactly, yeah.
0: Um, Kansas. I want to ask you one quick question before uh, we move on to the women's team. What do you think has to change or what do you want to see in this team over these last couple games to prepare for next season or the
1: offseason? Oh, man. I don't, I don't know. Wins? It's. I was saying this uh, the other day. You know, it's not like the NBA where you can be like, all right, the season's over, you know, just lose the rest of your games and, you know, tank for and a better pick. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, for the guys who will be back next year, I want to see them improve, like, you know, Romeo, um, Marquise, who I hope is back. Just the guys who will come back next year. Hopefully they just improve and you can see them getting better. Um, I mean, it'll be tough. They got Butler and Xavier on the road and Providence on the road. It's, you know, I don't know. I guess – To answer the question, just improvement from the guys who will hopefully be returning uh, to the team next year. And then, you know, go to Madison Square Garden. uh, You know, enjoy your one night there and then (laughs) focus on the offseason.
0: Try try to make some noise. Um, But DePaul's next game uh, will fall tomorrow. Um, Gina Scioli and I will have the call on that 8 o'clock game. Um, at Wintrust against um, Georgetown. So it should be an interesting game. Obviously, I want to say let's see if DePaul can bounce back after that kind of loss.
1: Um, but that is something that is up to consideration. Uh, yes. Um, you know, you want to talk about storming the court. If they win tomorrow, people should storm the court. Uh, let's switch gears a little bit and talk about um, a better
0: DePaul team, the women's team. I feel like every week we come on here, we're just talking about how great they are. I, like I said, I feel like a broken record yep. with the women's team as well, talking about how great they are, but not complaining on this side. Um, as a women's team has had a couple of achievements uh, over the past week, the biggest being DePaul clinches, uh, the biggest title once again. Cans, how do you feel about
1: that? Are you, are you hyped for the, the, the end of the season? Yeah, I mean they wrapped it up with uh, three games left Uh, didn't go down to the wire or anything they've dominated the conference so far you know the tournaments right around the corner at Wintrust Um, you know and they got a good shot at defending their title uh, in the tournament I mean this team like you said you know we can't say enough about them they're just so fun to watch they just do things so so differently them, their counterparts, and it's it's such a, a joy to watch them. Their chemistry is
0: is through the roof, and it's yeah, like like you said, it's such a joy to watch them. And a lot of that credit too goes to Bruno, uh, Doug Bruno, the the coach of the women's team, uh, who's a finalist for Coach of the Year. Give it to him right another now. Another achievement. Yeah, yeah. And it's so cool too because he's such. Not only is he a team player for obviously his women's team, but he comes and supports. All the DePaul events. I've seen him yeah. at volleyball games. I've seen him. where he's been recently at the men's game, not once but multiple times, watching the games. Yeah, he's
1: just he's just a great guy, uh, outstanding member of the Lincoln Park community, uh, and I'm just happy that he's at DePaul. You know, he's a legend, legend of the game. Yeah, leading his
0: uh, team obviously to a 24 and three record this season. DePaul ranks 12th so far. Right now, and the 2020 Coach of the Year will be announced April 4th during the Women's Basketball Final Four in New Orleans. So that might be um,
1: something that uh, DePaul
0: might hopefully be in. (laughs) Hey,
1: Charlie, this is according to Charlie Cream of ESPN, Women's Bracketology. He has DePaul as a three seed right now. Wow. Yeah, and I guess they would play their first, their opening weekend games at. at Trust, I think, because they're hosting. And a little nugget for you, Jake, they're, they would be in the Dallas region, according to there this. There he guy. is. So, you know, if spring break and the lead eight aligns, check I have them to out. be there. Exactly. I'll be wearing my pink shirt I got at the last DePaul game. Oh, you got a free shirt? Yeah, oh, I lucky. did. Lucky you.
0: Uh, I'll be sure to represent that. Uh, but just to close it off, DePaul's going for their uh, sixth win. Um, So after that little hiccup loss they had a couple weeks ago, um, they have a chance to go for six wins in a row um, against a struggling, struggling Georgetown team uh, who only has five wins on the season. So do you think, is this a trap game, Cans?
1: Uh, I mean, you know, every game could be a trap game, (laughs) but I don't think so. I mean, this is a team, the last time they played uh, at McGrath, DePaul won 92-66. Yeah, that's a a Um, blowout. Yeah, so... You know, maybe they're on the road this time, but I think if DePaul just, you know, do- does what they do, they'll take care of business, wrap it up nice and easy, uh, and finish the season strong. They only got three games left, all on the road. So road games can be a little tougher, I imagine. I've never played Division One basketball, but I think they, uh, they will, you know, just take care of business. And uh, that's going to wrap it up for our podcast this week. Be sure to tune in
0: next week as we should have the full cast back here today and uh, give you more and break down more uh, DePaul men's and women's basketball and give you any updates. Thank you for tuning in to Radio DePaul Sports Talking Possessed. Be sure to follow us on Twitter at RDP Sports for any updates and be on the lookout every Fridays for a new podcast episode. Again, this has been Radio DePaul Sports Talking Possessed.